fascinating, interesting debate show is live in the huddle. As my guy Kawhi Leonard will say, what it do, baby? What it do? And man, oh yeah, we got some more here on today's agenda, and we might as well kick it off to start our number two. Would you rather start or build your team around Kenny Pickett or Malik Wills as your franchise quarterback? Zay, I want to keep it with you. What would you say? Um, personally, uh, for me, I think I'm, I've been highly vocal about um, college players playing in difficult conferences. I feel like they make the most out of those players, and they see an adversity early on in those tougher conferences. So I want to take the shot and say I'll go with Kenny Pickett. For the reasons being, he's playing in the ACC. You see Clemson. You see uh, Miami, Florida. You know, the Florida, yeah, Miami, Florida team. You see Notre Dame. You see North Carolina State. You see Wake Forest. You see um, there's a bevy of teams you see in that, in that ACC, and I think that's one thing that um, uh, Malik Willis hasn't faced in his career. You know, I know he played for Auburn his first two years, but uh, it wasn't the same. It's not the same adversity as that later on in his years. And also, Kenny Pickett had 42 touchdowns in the ACC last season. So I would choose, prefer Kenny Pickett over Malik Willis. I think he, he's more seasoned in a, in a tougher conference. He's seen four years of just dominant players. And most of those guys are in the NFL today playing for top-level defenses, top-level offenses, so on and so forth. So I would personally go with Kenny Pickett just because of his um, tenacity against the ACC in his college career, opposed to Mike Willis playing it for Liberty the last two years of his college um, career. Okay, I see it. It's a, the strength of conference. That's a big thing for Zay on this topic. Solid, solid. Coach, go right ahead, bro. Woo! This topic here, you know, I was debating. I prayed. I, I marinated. When I look at this... Coach, I have to pray about this. I have to this pray about it, man. <laughs> uh, I like to go with, with, you know, Kenny Pickett. Despite, you know, despite the media... Saying that, oh, he has small hands. I don't care for that. Like, I want to know, like, if you could really contribute and win games out there every Sunday afternoon. You feel me? And I just felt like, you know, Kenny Pickett been in situations, you know, especially in the conference that, you know, the conference that he was in, he faced against good competition like uh, Clemson, uh, you know, UM, uh, North Carolina. You know, I say he won the um, he won the ACC championship for his team this past season. You feel me? And I just felt like, you know. You know, the level of offense that, well, the scheme, you know, he played, he played in a, he played in an NFL type of scheme. So I believe that right there, you know, he'll, I feel like he'll be the most ready over Malik. He'll grasp uh, NFL defense better than Malik. Malik, uh, he's a dual threat quarterback, in my opinion. You know, don't get me wrong now, he had good stats where, like, he, I think he threw over 25 touchdowns and he had 12 on the ground this past season. But, you know, an issue with Malik was his turnover issues where, like, he, you know, he did accounted for 12 interceptions. So I believe, you know, interceptions might play, you know, a big role in Malik's um, future in the NFL. So I believe that, you know, Katie Pickett will be a, a better franchise quarterback than Malik. It's a tough one because there's one that I think right now you can probably throw him as a starter. And there's another one that um, as I'm getting an actual birthday text message, this is like a couple days later, but I'll take it. Excuse me. But anyway, let me go back to my, my opening state. Can we start over, please? Thank you. I'm not going to get distracted that easily. My fault, guys. Anyway, let's take it from the top. All right, cool. There's one guy that I do believe can be pro ready today. But still comes with a little limitations. And there's another guy that I think is a bigger upside play. 
from a longer term perspective. And it basically boils down to which team needs a quarterback right now and which team could afford to wait to unleash this guy who can be a star later on. And that guy is Malik Willis. I think he has the bigger upside play, especially if he sits behind a starting quarterback for two years. You know, this is one of those picks where I'm saying I take the longer, longer term gratification or should I say the long-term ramification over the short-term gratification? Sure. And that's what I would do with Malik Willis. I think he has the strongest arm. Not I think, I know it was his own film. He has the strongest arm out of the two guys. He can make all the throws out of the two guys. I've seen this guy throw from one hash to the other hash over two defenders and dropped it in the breadbasket at Autumn Garden. The guy knows how to do it. And also, in the, in the league, you can run a lot of zone read packages for this guy and have him be a threat with his legs. Clearly, that's another element of his game where he can utilize his legs. And I think when you look at the league today and the guys that are dominating today in the NFL, even though you still have your Joe Bowles, you still have your Justin Herberts, even though Justin Herbert could run. We all know he's mobile. And Joe Burrow has shown an ability to be mobile as a quarterback at times, ducking tackles in the AFC Championship games. So more so, you're seeing quarterbacks that are dual threat guys in today's NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo can't run a lick. Guy ain't going to be in the league two years from now. I'm sorry. It is what it is. So um, when you think about that, and guys that are dual threat, and you have your Lamar Jacksons, you have your Kyler Murrays, you have your Josh Allens, your Baker Mayfields. I think Malik Wills fits the time and the mold of a team in today's NFL. And I think if he goes to a team like the Steelers, that would be a good look for him because he will be thrusted in a situation where he'll be able to be unleashed and to be that guy and reach that ultimate ceiling that I think he can. No disrespect to my guy Kenny Pickett. I think he is the most pro-ready quarterback out of the two. He can go through his progressions. He can make the right reads. Um, he can make the throws too, even though he doesn't have the he doesn't have an elite arm strength. And Claire, another downside to him, what worries me the most is his hands size. Now I know a lot of people like to just uh, we don't care about that. We don't care about that. Joe Burrow, he has small hands and he made the Super Bowl. You know, uh, yeah. But the thing about having small hands is that when you're in the pocket. And you get hit from the blind side, that ball is coming out 10 times out of 10. This guy lost 38, I believe it was fumbles, 38 times he fumbled throughout his college career. He get hit by that blind side, he better go to a place with a great offensive line. And for what I'm hearing, right, the Steelers may take him. The Steelers don't got the best offensive line now. So that ball could come right out with them short hands. You get hit by the blind side, a, a tackle that you didn't see is what I'm talking about that you didn't see coming. That ball is coming out. And I don't want him to be like a Daniel Jones in that retrospect where we can't even see your full potential because you can't even hold on to the ball. That's my biggest worry. I think Malik Wills have more upside play, and that would be the guy who I'd be drafting if I was a franchise. So, got a point with that. Oh, I'm sorry, Coach. You want to go? You can go. Yeah, right. real quick, real quick. So, how's it, Lil? So, if you're Malik Willis, what out of the 32 NFL team, which team will be a good fit for him? For Malik Willis, I will say, arguably, you can probably look at the Panthers. You know, I think the Panthers right now, they need a quarterback. Sam Donald is not the guy. Sam Donald is not the guy. Okay, literally, he's not the guy. One of the worst quarterbacks in the league. You look at his statistics. I mean, come on, I want to vomit. Guys below, like below average in statistics. Near last in every, every major category that you use as a metric to judge your quarterbacks. 
They need a quarterback. They'd be foolish and dumb to not trade or not draft one. And I think Malik Willis could be the guy that they draft if they do believe in that upside play. You know, yeah, you can argue, well, the Panthers need a quarterback today. Is Malik Willis going to be that guy today? That's a good question. But at the end of the day, you had none to lose. If you believe he's that guy, then guess what? You could roll him out there. Maybe he's better than Dawn already. And he could, you know, you could throw him out there, whatever. But I think the Panthers, they need a quarterback. I think he should be the first one off the board. And if they don't go, if Pickett goes to the Panthers, then the Steelers will be dumb to pass upon him. I don't believe in Mitch Trubisky. I think you need to have another quarterback to play alongside him in the start. I think Mitch Trubisky is a very above average backup, but below average starter. So, yeah, either between those two teams, they need a quarterback. I'd make the move. I actually, um, I think one team that could actually benefit from having Malik Willis for the future, not right away, is the Indianapolis Colts. You know, you bring, you have a Matt Ryan right now who's already on his way out, but Malik Willis, he learns under Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was no slouch when he was in his prime. It's just his physicals, you know, the, the, you know, went down, and he's not the same quarterback he was when he was in his prime. But he was a, a quarterback who made who was precise. He knew how to read the defense, and I think that's something that Malik Willis could learn from. I think when you want to, if you want to set up a quarterback for success, you have to let him sit behind rather a a great coach or b a quarterback who was really that guy at one point in his prime in his career. I think Matt Ryan could definitely teach a guy like Malik Willis and tutor him and be in his tutor in a sense. And again, this guy into a, a read the field correctly, knowing when to make the right plays. And I think Malik Willis at six one, he's not he's not like the shortest quarterback, you know. But at six one, he's able. He has quick feet. He's still mobile quarterback. But if he's able to read the field on top of making a precise throws and then be able to escape the pocket with his feet and be a, a kind of like a mobile quarterback in a sense, that works out in their favor. I think the Colts could definitely benefit from using having him in his. In that in that role, and when it's time to become a starter, and then you still have Jonathan Taylor, and then you still bolstering the young receivers to become something at one point in time. I like that Colts. Uh, hopefully, if the Colts could get him, that would be something interesting. And I think Kenny Pickett for the Steelers needs to be a no-brainer. Um, I think the Steelers need a quarterback right away, a strong arm, a guy who's able to go in that spot right uh, and and kind of not, I guess take over in a sense because they don't really have a, a quarterback that's going to take over. So it's kind, of, it's kind of Trubisky, and then after that, I think Pickett could take that job easily. You have Najee Harris. Um, that offensive line is horrendous. We all know that. I don't know if it's going to change this season, but maybe something changes within that Steelers team because they have a great defense, and Pickett could just re make the right reads quickly because that the defense is going to get at him fast. If he can make the right reads quickly or you know um, make the audible, make the right plays, I think the Steelers will be fine with Pickett as the starting quarterback. I want to stay with the Steelers real quickly here because I want to know what Mike Tomlin really wants as his guy because he was stuck with Big Ben for two decades. This is a traditional pocket passer type of quarterback. Even though he can run, he's elusive, but he's not really... I never really looked at Ben as a dual threat guy. He's just a guy that's mobile and big and hard to bring down. Yeah, he was big. Does he want to transfer that error into a more running style quarterback that's dual threat? Does he want to taste the, 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 the juice that he's been missing as the NFL start to shift? Is that the guy that he want? Because um, I can see an argument for either quarterback going to the Steelers. You know, you got Kenny Pickett and he's, listen, he's a mobile cat too. I, I seen Kenny Pickett pump fake or fake the slide and take off for a touchdown in college. So he could, he could dash. But Malik Wills is the build-the-bear type of dual-threat guy that you would want. You cannot coach a broken play. And I think with him, you'll be 
benefiting from a lot of broken plays because of his elusiveness and being able to move out the pocket. So I, that's more interesting to me. What kind of guy does Mike Tomlin want to command his offense along with the talent that he already got there? That would be interesting to me, especially because you do got Mr. Bisky too. So you have a dual-threat guy. So does that change him from going from another dual-threat guy to pair along Mr. Bisky and have them duel it out? Or is it I take a pocket passer, I have my dual threat, maybe one of the two quarterback system where I have Mitch Trubisky and some packaging. I think that's a fascinating way to look at the Steelers and what ultimately they do on draft night. But um, a couple other teams I throw out here. The Atlanta Falcons is another team, bro. Marcus Mariota is not, not you know, listen. He's not that guy. He could, he's not that guy, at least from what we saw before. Now, granted, you know, being a backup quarterback, he probably could have learned a lot from Derek Carr. And I still think he has a right to compete for the starting job. But you may want his insurance policy in case that product is not as good as, you know, advertised or you think it is. You need that insurance policy. They need to go after a quarterback. And maybe Malik Wills, I think, fits that team perfectly more so than the others when I think about it. Uh, you guys are going to call me crazy, but I believe that the Tennessee Titans will be could be a good fit for Malik Willis. The reason why I say that, because Vrabel, I don't know, something about Vrabel philosophy that catch my attention so much, where like, you know, when he traded for Ryan Tannehill, he saw somebody that, okay, you don't need to be great. All I need you to do just, you know, control. Like, control the game for me and that's it. I believe that in that system there, it, in that system there, it could benefit Malik. You know, it'd be, you know, definitely, you know, sit behind Tannehill. Sit behind Tannehill for a couple of years, and you know he could learn how to manage the game, learn how to. Because what one key attribute that um, Malik Willis had back back in college, he was good with his play action. Like his play action was well, was pretty filthy. So you know that right there, I believe that he could bring that to um, Tennessee as well. So I think the Titans could be a good fit for him. In my opinion. Coach, I want to keep it with you as we move on to our subtopic here. Who are your top five or three? Have you want to give? You want to give three? You want to give the full five? It's up to you. Because I know I said three, even though we have five on the agenda. So that's totally up to you. Give okay. me your top wide receiver prospects in this year's class. This year's class. You ready? Jameson Williams out of Alabama. Mitchie out of Alabama. Uh, who else? Who else I would say? Ulave. Chris, you know, Chris Ulave out of... Um, Ohio State, right? Ohio yep. State, Drake London, and Birch. Mm. Thanks. Yeah, so I got two receivers in my mind that that I think are bonafide. They need to get off. They need to be the first two receivers off the board, and I think after that, I'll, I will I guess decide a third one. But the first one for me is Drake London, six five, runs a four five, two ten pounds. You talking about a guy who's physical and is fast? That's the guy you want you want on your team. That's a receiver that you want. If you need a receiver, Green Bay, go after a guy in that in 6'5, 210, 4'5. The guy's quick. He has quick feet. You're gonna want to get a guy like that because he's gonna oppose any he's gonna be a, a, a physical figure, a, a intimidating figure for any um cornerback, any defense defense on that field because it's gonna open up everybody on that field. Give me Drake London at USC and then Traylon Burks. I said it before the season. Traylon Burks is a beast. 225, 6'3, runs a 4'5. Why isn't he the first round of the board? Why is he in the top 10? This guy is an elite 
level receiver. He did. He started in Arkansas. First of all, Arkansas played all the major colleges that everyone talks about. All the great defenses. Everybody that you look, that you talk about great defense. All the great programs that play defense. He played against them. He torched them up. Get this guy off the board. He needs to be there. And then after that, I you could go after a slot receiver. You could probably um go after I believe what um Wilson was the number one receiver. Yeah, Garrett, the Garrett Wilson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. You can go after a Garrett Wilson, a guy who's like I said, six foot one eight, like eighty eight, one eighty eight, a good slot receiver. I'm not gonna put him as a one or two because one or twos needs a good back to the tall dominant receivers like the TOs of the world, like the Randy Morses of the world. These receivers need to come back into the fold. Calvin Johnsons. These receivers need to come back into the fold as the the dominant one and twos. I'm tired of watching these six foot five eleven receivers being the number one option and they getting manhandled on the court on the field. I'm tired of watching it. It, 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 gets, it, gets, it. There's not a lot of receivers like Steve Smith anymore. Steve Smith was 5'9", dominating cornerbacks, physically pushing you out the way. These receivers are flimsy. They're they looking for the flag. They're not, they're not looking to make a play. Give me that. I need the tall, dominant receivers. Like I said, Garrett Wilson can do good on a slot team. Even Jameson Williams from Alabama, 6'2", 189. Like, it's not, a, it's not a, a hefty build for a receiver. You know, he's kind of slim. So if you need a, a slot guy, a guy who's quick to get to his spots in the midfield, go after those guys. But the first two off the um the first two guys in my opinion that needs to get off the board is Drake London and Traylon Burks. Those are two physically dominating receivers, and a lot of teams are gonna be sorry if they don't select them early on. These guys, I, right now, I'm gonna tell you right now, early this early prediction, these two guys are gonna be battling it out for rookie offensive player of the year. That that's how confident I am in these guys' talent. They're gonna be in one of those conversations when these teams let them go because this will be a, a situation. I don't know when. Traylon Burks or Drake London may fall down below, uh, to the second round. And whoever grabs them in the second round is going to be sorry that they dropped that low. That's all I have to say. I mean, when you look at how deep this receiving class is, you see, upon doing my homework and doing my film study sessions with the draft, as I normally do a little bit more early in the calendar compared to this year, and I blame the offseason of the NFL taking away my attention. I blame the NBA playoffs taking away my attention, but I was still able to get some work done this year. And I would say upon doing my work, it's one thing for the mass media to say this class is deep. But when you're watching these highlights and you're evaluating these guys and you see how deep it really is, it's like, man, like a lot of these guys could be off in the first round. I can see about five, six receivers going the first round. Like it's that deep. But Let's start here. I'm going to give you five guys, and I'm going to start off with number one. I'm going to go with Jameson Williams from Alabama as my top receiver. You see, there's a saying in the NFL, speed kills. But I will also combat that and say speed heals. It can patch up an offense. It can heal an offense that is sick in a bad way and make it sick in a good way. And that's what speed could do. So speed kills, but speed also heals. And I think Williams can heal a whole lot of offenses, offense that decides to take him he can heal and um just a speedball he has the ability to get by defenders easily i watch a lot of his highlights in alabama guy got past the defenders on a multitude of plays when you watch his highlights bro you all you see is deep plays the guy blow past defenders i mean listen that's it if you know a guy that could get past a defender and could be a great route runner on top of that that's a quarterback's best friend in the nfl i think williams is that prototype and alabama is known nobody can sit here and tell me that where you're drafted from doesn't also impact scouts if they know if a team or franchise or program is known to produce certain talents.
Alabama has good wide receivers. We're talking about A.J. Green, I believe, from Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. We're talking Calvin Ridley. You can correct me on the A.J. Green if I'm wrong, but I know Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. You know, all those guys from Alabama, that has a, the player factor. Um, Henry Ruggs, even though, you know, Henry Ruggs is, you know, you know, locked up. Well, let me out. You know, shout out to my dude, Henry Ruggs. I want those shots over there. You know, um. You know, I hope you're holding up, but you know what I mean. You know, they got a lot of good wide receivers there. You know, that was a little jokey joke. But um, yeah, he's my number one guy, Jameson Williams. At number two, you know, yeah, shout out to my dude, London, Drake London. That's my number two. I know a lot of people is having hesitancy with this dude. I don't know why. He's a build the beard type of prototype. And Zay said that he wants to see more Calvin Johnsons, you know, Mike Evans, you know, in today's NFL instead of those hybrid guys like a Tyreek Hill, like a Debo. I think you would get your wish in Drake London being a Mike Evans-like guy, a guy that can make highly contested catches. And he may not have the, the best speed because that's a knack on him. He's not the speediest dude. But I think his ability to create separation and use his physical frame will allow him to be able to make explosive plays on the field, even not having that same speed. I've seen wide receivers with not a lot of speed still make explosive plays. I think Drake London could be that type of dude. Now, I know he's coming off a fractured ankle and all that, but I think still, obviously, it's not the end of his career. I do believe in this dude from USC. I saw him in the Rose Bowl. That was one of the best wide receiving performances I've seen on a stage like that. This dude is legit. He needs to be number two for me. At number three, I'm going to go Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. That's my number three guy. He reminds me of Debo Samuel. That's who I would compare him to. A guy that you get the ball out to in space and he'll do the rest. Get out my way. I'll make a play. That's that type of dude in Garrett Wilson. I think if you're the 49ers, I got something to say to y'all right now. Uh-huh. Real little thinking cap is about to come on right now, Jack. I think if you're the 49ers, okay, you need to finesse the hell out of these Jets. These Jets are desperate. Okay, these guys are looking for love. They are desperate. They want that wide receiver so bad that they're willing to sell their soul. Take advantage. Get the number 10 pick. Get another first round pick. And use that 10 pick and get you a guy that you can plug in that could be your bootleg version of Debo Samuel and Garrett Wilson. Plug in play. The finesse is right there in front of your face. Take heed. I got them at number three, Garrett Wilson, my guy. At number four, I'm going to go with Traylon Burks. Okay, physicality, size, big hands, could do it all. The little nuances he can do, like block. You know, a lot of people don't talk about blocking when it comes to wide receivers. But having a guy and a wide receiver that could be a more willing blocker and help you in your running game out, that's a guy that you want on your team. Yeah, we can make the catches downfield. Woohoo, I'm impressed. Yeah, he can make the intermediate catches. Woohoo, I'm impressed. But having a guy that can block for you, that's that's critical. That's the little nuances in football that keep our offense humming. Get a guy like Traylon Burks. That's my number four guy. And number five. I'm going to think outside the box. Nobody really brought up this dude in this show. A lot of people is not bringing this dude up. But guess what? They say it's a rainy night in Georgia. It's a sunny day in Georgia. I'm going with George Pickens at number five. Okay, most underrated wide receiver in this draft right now. He has a physical tool to not play the fool. He could dominate at the pro level. And I think if you're the Packers, Packers, my thinking cap is back on. I'm helping everybody today. Call me Christmas Lil. I'm Santa Claus. Okay, come here, come here Packers. Come right over here. Thank you. Yeah. So you traded away your best wide receiver. I do know that, right, Devontae Adams? You do know you're going to need to fill that void, right? I'm pretty sure you do know. Get a guy like my guy over here, George Pickens. 
He literally, he can fill that void. Of course, you're not going to get Devontae at his production. You're a fool. You're not going to get that production from anybody. But you can get you a wide receiver that you can plug in today. As I almost dropped my drink, trying to mess up the flow. Ladies and gentlemen, there you go. That's my top five dudes. Number one. Jameson Williams, number two, Drake London, number three, Garrett Wilson, number four, Traylon Burks, and number five, George Pickens. Leo's top five wide receivers. Any last comments? Hey, man, these receivers are going to be explosive this season. I think this is probably one of the better receiver draft class that we've seen in a while. Um, not one, like, huge superstar over the other. I just feel like there'll be a lot of guys who are going to produce high numbers on these proper, on the proper teams, of course, that make, that make these, um, high passing plays. So I think I'm ready to see this draft because I'm itching to see which receiver goes where. Like I said, if Drake London or Traylon Burks are not one of the, two, if not the first two picks out of the receivers to get drafted, I, I'll been fire the front office. That's all I'm going to say. Fire whatever front office that is. Listen. The last point that I make before we hit this commercial break, and indeed, a commercial break is on the way. I will say this. I want to see, because we all know there's a lot of needy teams for wide receivers. As I look at the list right here, off the top of my head, I'm thinking Jets, of course, but they may trade for Debo. I think that's going to go down. But if it doesn't go down, then obviously they could possibly take a wide receiver. I'm looking at, mm, I'm looking at the Commanders. I think Drake London to the Commanders. That's a go right there. Oh, right yeah. there, you have your Curtis Samuel, the other Samuel over there, and you have your McLaurin. You add another physical threat on the outside along with McLaurin and a guy in a slot that you can use. Oh, my God. Now we're talking. Commanders, that's a look right there. But also, the Eagles could use another guy, especially because Jalen Rager is up for sales. Ain't nobody want that bum anyway. So, um, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're going to be stuck with him, but they don't want to be stuck with him, if you know what I mean. They get a wide receiver. Um, as well. So there's a couple guys that need wide receivers teams. And I want to be interested to see if a team that doesn't really need a wide receiver on paper and we think that they're going elsewhere to fill another void. I want to see if there's going to be a Jerry Jones in this draft. Because remember, when Jerry Jones got CeeDee Lamb, he already had Mike Gallup and he had Amore Cooper. Nobody was expecting Jerry Jones to draft the wide receiver and then CeeDee Lamb just out of nowhere fell into his lap and Jerry Jones couldn't help himself but to touch and draft the fella. I want to see if there's going to be a team that we are not expecting to draft for wide receiver, but the class is so deep and the talent is so hard to pass by that they'll say, you know what? I'll take that guy. Can you dig it? Sports Radio Network is here. Revolutionize the game of media. Do you dig, dig? 